Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Matt. We talk about new movies on this show. And on this episode, we are, we're here because this is a, what, now a tri-yearly event where we talk about a new Marvel movie because they yeah. keep pumping them out. Uh, this is going to be Thor Ragnarok. We will start spoiler-free, as we usually do, and we will get into spoilers about halfway through, and we will warn you, of course, before we do so. Uh, so that is that is the plan here. Um, so I want to preface this, this review a little bit with just kind Uh-oh. of my, my current... My, what my state was and my my kind of feeling was getting into it because uh, if, you, if you're if you're a fan of the channel and you watch the influx reviews which me and Connor do where we do older movies we did the, the first Thor movie uh, two or three weeks ago because this was coming out and we thought oh we'll do we'll do the all two Thor movies and that review was a bit of a shambles because we, we talked about the movie for about 20-30 minutes and then we went on for another hour on top of that about why we were kind of not that excited about the the MCU anymore, why we weren't as uh, in love with this universe as we once were, why it wasn't that exciting anymore. And, uh, you know, so I went into this with a very kind of neutered sense of excitement. I was just kind of like, yeah, it should be good. I mean, the trailers look fun, the, the, the... the uh, the humor seems to be on point. It looks colorful and bright. It looks kind of different from the first two, which uh, you know, watching the first one again, I thought it was a bit of a chore getting through it. Now, uh, I I, I kind of struggled, and we actually scrapped the plans to do the second movie because we thought, yeah, we're going to have nothing even less to say about that one probably if we mm-hmm. try to. Uh, so I just I, just, I wanted to bring that up because I feel like it just my mindset getting into this one is in kind of a a lukewarm place to begin with, which could be good or bad depending on what the movie does, because the movie might end up impressing me, because my expectations are just kind of in the middle, and I'm not waiting to be wowed or anything like that, so um, but yeah, I'll ask you first, because you are a Thor fan, Matt, uh, did mm-hmm. you did you enjoy Thor Ragnarok? Oh, yes I did That's... I thought you were going to say more than that Okay. No. I was kind of, I was kind of waiting for. Uh, it, it's as it sits right now. It's in my top five of the MCU. So, um, so much I like it. But I'm also a lot more forgiving of the MCU than you are with when it comes to you know some of the other movies. That said, I was a lot higher on Doctor Strange last year around this time. And yeah, I did not like yeah, Doctor Strange very yeah, much at all. I haven't had the urge to go back and watch it. Right, and it's it's been on Netflix for ages now. So, but I came out of that, you know, just like yeah, it's fine. You know, uh, I don't have, even though Thor is my favorite Marvel character, I don't have the expectation there like I do for DC movies. So when one of those is a little bit more lukewarm or, you know, bad, I'm a little more heated. Also, so, I, I think we should clarify when you say expectations there. Uh, mm-hmm. You mean because you love the characters, not because you yes you, you have any reason to expect a good movie after the last couple. Well, no, no, not yeah. counting Wonder Woman. Obviously, Wonder Woman was pretty good. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so and here I know this is a trusted source. I it's almost akin to comics right now, just with creative team shifts. And you know, I I tend to like Thor, so I came into this. This is my most anticipated movie of the year, even over uh, a little space opera that's coming out in december uh so so yeah i was i was really high on it and it delivered for me so uh, i got much else on that one yeah um honestly for me i am kind of lukewarm on the movie uh 
after seeing it as well as, as I was before it. Uh, I think so, some things work quite well. I think that that is very funny. Like, it's, it's a funny movie. There's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of good quippy characters, quippy lines, and it's very colourful and bright. I actually kind of like a lot of the music because it's got this very 80s mm-hmm. retro kind of synthy thing going on a lot of the time. Yep. Uh, I like that stuff. However, when it comes to the plot and the actual character progression and me actually caring about what's going on, I don't th- like it left me feeling very hollow. I-, I think it's fine for like two thirds of the movie because it's basically just a comedy and that's okay. You can kind of just enjoy it for the quippiness of it. But when it got to the third act, when it got to like things are going down and we actually have to care about what's happening because they're they're having this big action scene to save people and all this is going on. I found myself in a very kind of bored state of mind. I was kind of like, I don't really care about them saving this. I know it ultimately doesn't matter that much because I know we're going to like, you know, Thanos and shit in the next movie. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem is it being so... I mean, it's not connected exactly to the Infinity Stone story, mm. but the fact that we know this is... I don't want to say a placeholder because it's not, because it moves Thor forward towards that story. But it's not like, you know, with with Doctor Strange, it was only focused on on the Infinity Stone. I forget what even what his was. Was it the time one? Because it wasn't the soul. But well, it, must, it must have been it time because it was rewinding time. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but, but it wasn't completely detached like Spider-Man was, where Spider-Man Homecoming was its, you know, basically its own thing that kind of touched in just because of the connections with Tony Stark. So this was kind of in the middle ground, and you know, I, I can see you, or you can see not just Pete, but other people being like, "Yeah, okay, well, let's get to Infinity War." I, so I, I think because that's the bigger stake, you know yeah. what I mean? That's Thanos that they've been teasing well, since. I hope I hope it has stakes because honestly, my big problem with the MCU for the last couple of years is that it feels like there's no stakes in any of the movies. It feels so cookie cutter at this point. It's kind of uh, like. Some people want to defend them like tooth and nail, but honestly, they do have kind of a formula problem where it's like, okay, it's it's the act three, it's time to have the big fight, and I feel like this movie in particular glosses over any kind of character progression. There's there's very little in the way of arcs, and even when there's supposed to be an arc, like I don't think it's a spoiler to say, you know, Valkyrie's character played by Tessa Thompson, mm-hmm. who I like a lot, like the cast are good in the movie, it's not the cast's fault, but she... Like she, she's this disgruntled, you know. She used to be, or she, well, she, she, she is as guardian, but she, she's, you yeah. know, she, she's been away. She doesn't care anymore, and it's not. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that her her story in the movie is supposed to be that Thor convinces her to once again like be a hero and take up arms and go back and care. But the problem is, is that it's not really an arc. It just kind of happens in the middle of the movie. It's like a light switch going. It's like one moment just kind of flips it, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'll go back and be a hero now, and that's all it is. There's like no actual progression there. There's no build to it there's no there's no there's no inner struggle it's just here one moment boom okay she's she's on board now well see i like that they kind of played it as a mercenary for hire right because that's what she was like she didn't have a name uh you know she was what was the what was the term uh searcher or or scrounger scavenger 142 or something like that yeah yeah 142 you know so when we're introduced to her she's basically nobody and then through Thor putting it together, he realizes she was a Valkyrie, and that becomes her her title. You know, like we again, Thor's his name, not just his title. Um, and same with Loki. So we're her just to be Valkyrie. And then, you know, she she joins on because of connections to Hela. So and I was fine with that. Uh, you know, at this point in the MCU, 
I'm okay with plot just driven, uh, like for an action movie. Uh, and because then it differentiates from other movies. So like, you know, Spider-Man. But good action movies still have character arcs though. Yeah. Like again, I'm, I'm in for Thor. Like I've already gone through two movies and two Avengers movies. What type of arc is he going to have? That's going to make him different. You know, it's it's just like comics. Like no, you, you, you can, can have, have an arc. You, you, like, there's no reason why you can't have an arc in the third movie or after two Avengers movies. Yeah, but um, I don't necessarily see why that's something to like hang it up on. Like, it's you can still have a plot driven, and it's and it's fine. You know, like you can still just follow the story and go along that way. These are it's Thor and it's Hulk and Loki. You know, these are the characters that we know. From the last couple movies, and they're on an adventure together. Yeah, a hollow adventure and, where there's no stakes and you don't really see, care about anything because. And I, I completely disagree with that because I was fully sold in from the moment he gets to the Sakar, and you know how how he ended up there and well, the just stuff to, with Ragnarok itself. So just to explain, Sakar's this planet. That's the you know this is where the gladiator combat happens. Where yeah. he ends up in this trash planet where you have all this stuff going on. And here's another thing it, is. Like, I was having fun on that planet because, again, it was playing like a comedy, everything was kind of funny and yeah. whatnot. And I think the movie skips a lot of beats because I was expecting it to sort of turn into what it was going to be at the end, but I was expecting it to go through certain motions before it got there, like convincing Valkyrie, like whatever Thor's art was going to be. And Thor just doesn't really have one. And, like, you, you can't have plot-focused movies. Like, you know, I'm someone who likes slasher movies. Not like slasher movies have arcs, mm-hmm. but they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're short and to the point that they're just about killing. Um, but I think in a movie like this, where we're supposed to care about the stakes at the end of the movie, whether they're saving, you know, they're saving Asgard. And I feel like, like, there's, there's no one in Asgard I actually care about. Like, it's just like a, a nameless population, or a faceless population, I should say, not no, nameless. No, but, I mean, Heimdall's there, and he's the hero in that, you know? So well, yeah, I, that's the that's the point, though. Like, he, he's a he's hero. He's cutting to him in him saving those people, because, as, as we learn... But that, you know, no, that, that's, that's my point, though. He's, he's a hero helping the people. He's not actually yeah. the people we're, we're saving, necessarily. It's just this... It's, no. Especially since the first two movies, you hardly see anyone in Asgard. So this movie, all of a sudden, there's all this population that we're supposed to care about saving, and I, I don't know. I, I just... It got to the end, and I'm like, I don't really care about it, this 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 city or this this planet, whatever you want to call See, it. From, I don't know if maybe it's just my familiarity with, you know, Norse mythology and mm. and Ragnarok in and of itself. But as soon as they tease Surtur in the beginning, and and it's his mission, you know, he's in the who's, mythology. Who's Surtur, Matt? For the audience, who's Surtur? Sir, so so Surtur is he's basically the big bad in Norse mythology. He's kind of their Satan character he lives in Muspelheim, which is this lava it, it's basically mustafar that's where mustafar gets his name in star wars right mm. and he's this big fire giant and odin had locked him away for eons but when ragnarok happens which is the twilight of the gods the end of their story he shows up to asgard and it's his mission to destroy it while it's the the uh not the vanir so the vanir the acer well it's the acer so that's thor odin balder while it's all of them, that's their order to try to prevent it. And, you know, because it's a tragedy, you know, no one survives, not even Surtur. And everything starts again. So it's the rebirth of this cycle. And I liked here that once they introduced Surtur, 
in his mission that he tells Thor, I'm, you know, once I reignite my fire, I'm going to destroy Asgard. And so I felt that was enough stakes for me because you never really lose Surtur's presence. Like he's, he's kind of always lingering there because of Hela, you know? And I, I, and, I don't know if he is. Like he's kind of just a joke yeah. in this movie, to be honest. He's kind of a punchline. Yeah. I, I I don't I, feel any. I disagree. I don't feel any threat from. Uh, and Hell is another point. So we're not talking about her. She's the main villain in the movie, mm-hmm. Kate yeah. Blanchett, who is ha- who who is having a blast with this role. She's chewing the scenery. Mm-hmm. I think she's very good. I think her as a character has nothing to do well, for most of this movie. Yeah, it's it's typical Marvel villain syndrome, but dialed way up. She, she, because because she has this big entrance. Where I mean, you see it in the trailer. Yeah. She she destroys Molnir and all the rest yeah. of it. And then the rest of the movie, she's just kind of stuck in Asgard because oh, the sword for the Bifrost is missing. So she's just kind of stuck yeah. there and can't really do anything. And I'm like, okay. Like <laughs> so, at the end of the movie, when she's having all these big fights, and I'm like, I, I was waiting for it to actually. Like the per- even if it's not a case of like we are, we care about saving the city, but at least the personal stakes. I never feel like Thor. Like he never really has, other than losing his hammer, he never really has that much of a personal vendetta or personal grievance with Hela. Not really. It never really feels like it gets that personal. It feels like they meet once at the start of the movie and then they don't meet again mm-hmm. until things are going down in the, towards the end. It just it never felt like there was much actually built there. Um, it was almost like chunks of the script had been like cut out, like all the stuff that was actually supposed to build the build the the the, the, the you know the build to the climax at the end. It kind of just felt like it start we got we got there. So, oh, it's time to have the big fights now, um, rather than actually getting to it. And that's why for a lot of the movie, I wasn't in a bad place because I was you know it was like I say it was very funny. There was a lot of amusing characters, a lot of really quippy one liners, uh, awkward pauses, all that kind of thing, and all of it was very entertaining. But that, and because I, I was expecting it to do all of its work at some point, but as the movie kept going, and then we got to the point where I'm like, oh, we're getting into Act Three, we're getting into the big stuff here at the end, and they've not really built any of the stuff that they need to build to actually make it mean anything. And then also, like Hulk is a actually I think it's the a perfect uh, encapsulation of my entire problem in this movie. He is very entertaining and good, and the combat stuff when he's been a gladiator and all that. Um, and his interactions with Thor are, are very funny. They're very amusing, uh, as it is with his, his banner and all that. But then in the the final kind of like chunk of the movie, the final act, the final fight, he's kind of just like, oh, give him something to do over there off camera for most yeah, of it. Yeah, have him have him punch the wolf. And yeah. th- that that's kind of it. He's kind of wasted in the final chunk of the movie. Yeah, I, and I'll agree there. I feel like they didn't know what to do with him because what do you? He can't fight the goddess of death because that's that's Thor's role, you know. So so what do you have him do? So yeah, yeah. I'll agree there. And it, it's, it's another problem with the with the movie here is that, is that it brings up ideas that it doesn't do anything with. Um, in the middle of the movie, Hela kind of reveals like some of this backstory about Asgard, and we're still in spoiler free, but I, I don't think there's much here to actually talk yeah. about in terms of what what happens because. She reveals, oh, uh, Odin never used to be so nice, and Asgard was built on the backs of all these horrible conquests. Like he, he was a murderer, he was like murdering civilizations, all this stuff. Um, and then it's never brought up again. Like, Thor, like, he, he sees like, the, the paintings, and that's about it. Like, it's never mentioned, it's never brought up, nothing's ever learned from it, no, nothing's ever discussed about it. Like, and there's something where you could have done something, like, like Odin himself, maybe he had a darker past and he decided to be better, he decided to be good. Mm-hmm. And maybe Thor could relate to that and maybe that would a story beat would come out of that. Well, but it never does. Nothing. That's it. 
And well, maybe I'm just projecting then because that's what I took his lesson of of Mjolnir being worthy was. Because when you look at Thor from the first movie and he's just rash and he, you know, runs into Jotunheim and causes problems and that's what gets him cast out to Earth, you know, and over the couple movies, that's he's not the same character as he was at the beginning. And so that's, you know, again, I might just be, be projecting there that, you know, He's just like, oh, well, that was that lesson from, from dear old dad because that's how he knew how to, you know, to – Odin saw himself in Thor, and that's why before he allowed him to take the throne, he had to learn to be humble. So – I don't think that's really in this movie. I, I think uh-huh. it's maybe – yeah, even if that's kind of there, it's kind of harking back to the point of the first movie again, not really doing anything in this one particularly. Uh so I, I don't. I, I I feel like there's no actual meat here. There, I, I think to be to be positive for a couple of minutes. I do think it, it is light and fluffy, and it is very funny. Like when they're on the the main planet, uh, it is very amusing. Like you, you've got this. What was the character's yeah. name? Uh, Korg, who's actually this director uh, with T.A. who's uh, voicing him yeah. uh, with the, uh, the the New Zealand accent. He he. That, that yeah. is his type of humor. He's very funny, and he and has well, a, he's this great lines. Massive rock monster was such a soft-spoken yeah. voice. And so it doesn't seem to go together. And, you know, just his interactions with Thor and Hulk and everybody else, it just... it I I loved it. Yeah, you know? no, it's, it's, it's very... It's, like I say, on a pure, like, strictly light comedy level, the first, like, two-thirds of the movie are really entertaining. And it kind of, like... It was amazing to me that I kind of just hate the Asgard stuff in this movie. Because it's where the meat's supposed to be, and it just kind of falls flat. So yeah, that stuff. To, I mean, yeah, I understand with Hela and you know her not being used, you know. Uh, but like the stuff with Heimdall and getting the people out and trying to to help them that way, I was all wrapped up in that. I was fine. Like those it, stakes were enough for me. I just it felt surface level to me. It felt like we're being told to care mm-hmm. because in theory we should care about a civilization being crumbled, and we do. Me, me actually, I've talked about this a lot in the past before. About how when you have like a, a big movie where you know the world's at stake and the world's going to end, and we're supposed to care that the entire population is going to die, and sure, theoretically that that works in a, a real world sense, but in a movie, no, I actually have to care about some of the characters. I actually have to care about you know some core examples who, who I connect with emotionally. Uh, that that's how it kind of works in a story, and yeah, for, it's just this faceless population that I just whatever. Um, so I think we'll give the spoiler warning now, so I can start. We can start talking about yeah. uh, deeper details and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so entertaining. I just think it's very hollow and ultimately very surface level. And like, I, I think it was a fine. I'm not regretting watching it, but I do not think I'll ever want to watch it again. I think it was a one and done. Oh. Yeah, um, I think I'm going again tonight. So <laughs> if, if it pulls through with one of my friends who's in town, so yeah. But then again, I'm. I am a huge Thor fan, and I feel like the Thor that I'm getting here makes up for the Superman I'm not getting at DC. So again, I feel like maybe I'm projecting See, or I'm here's the thing, showing though. my bias. So I, th- I think you know, I think th- I have no problem with this because this movie does feel totally so different to the first two. It feels yeah. like a complete oh, shift time. right from the start. And I'm okay with that because the first two aren't that great movies, so I'm okay with them doing something different. I do have to admit, though, Thor's character in this, because it is purely just for the comedy, he's kind of just this big dumb bro. 
Yeah. That's kind of what he is in this movie. And while it's entertaining for a lot of it, because it is kind of funny, it it, it does kind of rob him of any of the, 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 the more dramatic side that he could have when things actually go down. Yeah, but I feel that this is the Thor that we've gotten since Avengers. Like, Whedon kind of played him up as the foil to Stark. Oh, sure, yeah. In a lot yeah. of those scenes. I, I don't you think know, it's... so I don't... And, and same with... Even in the second one, in Dark World, some of his stuff is played for comedy as he's, you know, trying to interact with things on Earth. Like, no, the comedy's know? always been there, but I feel like the balance just, in this one is shifted so heavily uh, yeah. to one side that it's almost hard to take him seriously when I'm supposed to later on. Because yeah. he is just well, this just, big goofball the whole time. Yeah, but I, I also feel like... We've seen him step up when it's time, you know, and like we see in his fight with with Hulk, like yeah, he might be a dumb oaf, but he's he can throw fists, you know, like he's, oh yeah, he's physically very strong. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about you know taking him seriously as a hero uh, when he's been such a goofball the entire time. Uh, so we're in spoilers. So just to make that clear, we're in spoilers yeah. now. Uh, you know, when he throws the ball and it bounces off the glass and hits him in the head, it's yeah. like that was a very funny moment. But like, yeah. are, are we crossing a line here where your your hero's too goofy to to take him seriously later on? Uh, and that's not to say that I wasn't having a blast. Like, you know, all that stuff yeah. when he's like trying to like when he's fighting Hulk and he's he's doing the little uh, the, the the little poem or whatever it is to get like yeah. the sun's the sun is falling down, the sun that's is it. setting, and he's trying to like try, and then later on whenever when he's back to Bruce Banner. And he's yeah. like, he's worried that he's getting agitated and he's starting to go a yeah. little bit green. He's like, the sun is setting, the sun is setting. And he yeah. just keeps saying it over and over again. And Bruce is like, stop saying that. Um, yeah. But even, even Bruce actually feels kind of shifted in this movie. He feels like he's more there for comic relief than he I, usually see, is. See, I like this because we've gotten like Super Scientist banner in the last two Avenger movies because Marvel can't make a Hulk movie for whatever rights issues if he has them. You Universal. Know? So he's... Yeah, he's only showed up in other, you know, other characters' movies, if you will. Um, and so here, I I liked that the fact that he's been Hulk for two years, because on Sakaar, time moves differently. Because when when Thor shows up, him and Loki fall through the Bifrost, and that's where they end up in Sakaar, which we're told is where everything that's lost ends up. You know, so they get lost, they end up there, even though through Thor's perception. They've been separated by 30 seconds. Loki's been there for weeks, and Thor has just arrived. So we find out that Hulk's been there for two years, and he's been the Grandmaster's champion. And he's been Hulk for that whole time. So I liked when Banner... Well, uh, it's two years from Thor's perspective. It may actually be longer for Hulk. Hulk yeah, but yeah. So there we go, because he's, he's disappeared from Ultron two years in, yeah, in Thor's perception. So... As far as he knows, he's been Hulk for two years. And so when Banner, when he becomes Banner, when he sees that image of Black Widow, I liked how kind of neurotic he was. You know, like it's maybe done some things to his brain, you know, not reverting back to Banner in a timely manner. Kind of, you know, this is to bring comics into it, but kind of like Clayface in Detective Comics right now. Where if he's the monster too long, he loses pliability you know, but he has to return. He can't be in human form the whole time. So I like that they brought that element to him, and he was a little shaky and jumpy, and I can understand that. You know, he wasn't super hmm. science. No, I, I don't have as much of a problem with his portrayal as, as I do Thor. And even with Thor, I don't have that much of a problem with it, because it's actually some of the best stuff in the movie. It just, it, it really turns it into more of a farce than it does actually make me take it seriously as a as a heroic movie about saving people. Um 
It, it really is all about... And I, I was expecting it to be funny, but I was expecting it to have a tighter handle on the actual emotional core story, which it doesn't really do. It, it just kind of glosses over things. A lot of Loki's beats feel kind of repeated from Dark World. Yeah. Um, uh, but and then again, I like that Thor didn't fall for the chicks. And I liked how he kept throwing rocks through him because he knows he's an illusion. You know? Yeah, and when he uh, throws the rock and it hits him in the face when he's actually there, yeah. it's actually, yeah, it's a funny moment. But that's kind of what I'm saying, is the humor's really good, it's just, but the, the core... Well, I just mean, on, on the character level, like, he's, again, he's not going to fall for the illusion, and when they're supposed to, you know, run off and get off of Sakaar, he's trusting Loki, and Loki, you know, turns on him, but Thor had already counted for that. So I like that, basically, Loki's been this, you know, who he always is, and... Thor hasn't, you know, Thor's, you're not going to get me with that again, you know, versus the second movie where it just felt like that was the entire thing. Like, oh, maybe Loki's good, maybe he's not, and we kind of even don't know by the end of that. So here it was definitive, and I kind of liked anti-hero Loki here, you know, you know, teaming up with them to, to help taking out Hela at the end with Valkyrie. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, uh, yeah, the he big sh- bad of Avengers. He shows up with so, a ship to, to evacuate Asgard, which mm-hmm. felt very reminiscent of End of Age Voltron with the the helicarrier. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. for better or worse, I don't, I don't even know if I'm criticizing that. I'm just pointing out it felt very reminiscent yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, I didn't notice that until you, you know, right now. Which yeah, yeah. it does feel a lot like Age of Voltron that way, where they have to evacuate. Yeah. It's kind of a recycled beat. Now and also, it, it, it made me question, like, how big like is Asgard? Like, wh- how big is the population yeah. they can all fit on this ship? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you got to remember they're they're an immortal people. You know, they're they're not they're not exactly gods. They're gods as we see them, but not you know this ethereal type thing. We've seen that they can be hurt, like you know Loki with Hulk and even Thor with Hulk. So, you know, maybe it's just this is what's left of them. I don't know. Because uh, it it oh. kind of shifts in the comics too, uh, because no there's idea. this whole arc. Yeah, there's this whole arc where it appears. Because that, that, of Asgard. What's up? I was, uh, that was one of the things actually when we were talking about the first yeah. movie a few weeks ago. Is I was like, mm-hmm. how big is Asgard? Is it a city? Is it a planet? Is it a country? Yeah. Is it you know like how, what, what, what sort of size are we filling out here? How many people are involved? And right. this movie for me just kind of murkied it up even more. I'm like, okay, I guess it's just yeah. small enough that it fits on one ship in terms of yeah. population. Okay. Well, I mean that that, that said, it's it's a large ship. Like, you know, it's a freighter type size, so... Yeah, but you, you couldn't fit the population of most towns in one freighter, never mind. Uh, if you stack them on top of each other, maybe. But, no. <laughs> okay, but you're, yeah. play, you're playing with physics here now, Matt. Come on, yes. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me in a world where, you know, a man shifts into a gigantic monster, we can't play with physics? Get out of here. I'm not saying we can play with physics. I'm saying yeah. that in the movie, you just see them all standing around. We know they're not stacked on top yeah. of one another. <laughs> true, true. Uh, also, I've seen people complain about you know the loss of Mjolnir, and it didn't it didn't affect Thor as much. But as a Thor fan, I like that. I like that he wasn't so tied to Mjolnir. See, here's the, here's the funny thing though. I actually do have a really weird complaint about this. Is that I actually think the opening with uh, what Surtur is that was his name? Uh, Surtur, yeah, yeah, all that stuff at the start. He's using Mjolnir in really inventive ways that yeah. I thought we hadn't seen yeah. yet. I thought, oh man, they're actually using it in fun ways that they've not done yet. Yeah. And then it's taken away, and I'm like, see, now I missed. I didn't think I'd care that much, but now I missed the hammer because I feel like Watiti for the first chunk of the movie was doing really cool things with it, and now it's gone. Yeah. And now you know, at the end oh. of the movie, he just kind of unlocks his thunder powers, and he's got electricity yeah. around him, and he's he's doing that, and he's firing lightning at people. Uh, which, by the way, 
this movie's trailers were intentionally deceiving on a couple of things. And yeah, I like that. The, the two specifically that I want to point out is one, there's shots from the end of the movie in the trailer where he does not yep. he is not missing an eye. Whereas in the movie yep. he is missing an eye because he's he's yeah. you know, he loses an eye to Hella yeah. and uh, ends up looking like Odin. And then the other thing is Hella when she breaks Mjolnir. Yeah. In the trailer, that's the kind of city. It's in like New York or something. That's yep. in an alleyway. So so fun fact, they reshot that. They late late in the movie they or in production, they realized it would mean more if they did it in this big open field that was reminiscent of, you know, like Viking like stuff versus being in the middle of the city. Which I think kinda they shotgun that a little too fast. Uh, actually, on on it's funny you bring that up because I assumed that it was just yeah. green screened and it just changed the background. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny you say that because because the shot of her smirk looked very the same almost at least from memory. Maybe yeah. it's slightly different if you actually compare them side by side. Yeah. Uh, but funny you. Well, bring maybe that up, they just re ADR. Yeah. You know, maybe. F- yeah. Funny you bring that up though because I actually thought a lot of that scene. So basically, uh, Thor after fighting Sartor goes back to Asgard. And uh, obviously there's a very funny scene where Loki pretending to be Odin, which is, this is the other thing, the big yep. cliffhanger from Dark World is just treated as a big joke, where Loki's yeah. just having people put on a play to worship Loki. And we have some cameos, we have Matt Damon playing uh, Loki, we have yep. uh, Luke Hemsworth, uh, yeah. Liam, uh, not Liam, uh, sorry, <laughs> Chrissy's brother. Uh, Liam's, is, Liam's, yeah, it's also Liam's brother, on... to be fair. But Yeah, but he's the one that's on Westworld, Westworld right? Yeah, okay. that's who that is. Because I was like, I know who that is, and then it wasn't until we're sitting in the, you know, waiting for the mid-credits, and I see, you know, actor Thor, and it said Luke Hemsworth. I was like, yeah. okay, that's Westworld. And then, yeah, so. it's Sam Neill as Odin in this yep. play, uh, who, of course, was in uh, Watiti's last movie, Hunt for the yep. Wilder People, so obviously uh, they, they, they seem to like each other. Um, so, so you had all that. That was really, really amusing. It was, like I say, really funny. The humor was on point, and obviously Thor yep. the entire time knows what's going on. He's like, hey, reveal yourself, brother and so on well and I, and I like how he threatens them with Mjolnir where he's like you know it comes back to where it was thrown and he throws Loki in front of it exactly this yeah. is again this is him doing something invent- you know as the director I mean he's doing something inventive with the hammer that I like oh this is actually a really cool idea that he's just putting his hand behind his head he's like oh it's coming back to my hand yeah. Loki it's coming like again it was inventive and I, so I kind of missed that once it was lost and he never got it back again. Uh, which you know he's going to get it back. I, I imagine that yeah. in Infinity War he's going to somehow end up with well, another... It's, well, it establishes that he knows Doctor Strange because the cameo out of Cumberbatch, uh, mm-hmm. which I had kind of heard about. And I thought that scene was kind of funny with him teleporting around and the... What do you mean you heard you about know, it? That... We, we saw a scene of it at the end of Doctor Strange. Yeah, but, you know, those those kind of scenes can, can mean anything. Like, it's not exactly... I mean, it's in continuity, but it doesn't have to mean big things. So, um, had Doctor Strange not actually showed up, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised, you know. But, like, you know, he had the ever-filling beer mug. I thought that was pretty funny. And you would see him take big old long gulps, and then it would refill. So, I thought that was, that yeah. was good. So, but... so, so, basically, after this Asgard stuff, he's like, okay, where did you yeah. put Father? Where, where's Odin? Oh, he's on Earth. So, they go yeah. to Earth, and... He goes to Doctor Strange, or Doctor Strange intervenes and like traps Loki for a bit because yeah. uh, he's yep. dangerous. And then he's like, "Oh, by the way, he's been falling for thirty minutes." Yeah, your your father's yeah. in Norway again. You know, Viking yep. territory. Uh, and I thought this entire scene in this field at the edge of this cliff in Norway, 
I thought a lot of it looked really rough uh, in terms of green screen. Like every time it was like a wide shot of like uh, behind Odin looking out at the sea, I yeah. thought that looks fake. There's something off about that, and it shouldn't look yeah. fake. It's just a shot of someone looking out at the sea. This sh- this shouldn't be a shot where I'm going, oh, this looks wrong, but it did. It looked really off. Uh, and then Hela-, Hela shows up, and I have to critique the-, the change a little bit since you said they actually reshot it because I feel yeah. like visually this is a really boring scene because it is just this big empty field. Yeah. But see, I I thought it helped with the Viking iconography. Iconography is that what the, the term is? Sometimes I'm bad at speaking. I, 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 <laughs> iconography. Boom. Iconography. Done it. There we go. Too much yeah, yeah. but we're there. But but yeah, so I'm checking right now, and yeah, it said it was a reshoot because it was supposed to take place in a in an alley. But who knows what that means? You know, if it was mm. just you know they chroma keyed it and they have done. Yeah, some added, of it. Some of it, I think more. You know, is that. I, I do not think yeah. for a second that Anthony Hopkins was there for half of those shots. Yeah, but it says here that uh, Waititi said that it was distracting from the emotion of the sequence, so it was changed to take place in Norway. And I don't know, I hope it's included on the Blu-ray, because I'd like to see how different it would look, you know, because it would be... I think it would work in a way that it's... You know, like counterpoint in music? Uh, I feel like it would work that same way, because they're having this, you know discussion about what it means to be a god and odin's time is coming to an end you know but we're in like this new center of civilization you know so i thought that would have been kind of cool but who knows so that's kind of the setup of the movie they, they go through the bifrost and they get shot back out uh, into the planet we should talk about some of the other characters though um i'm curious on your feelings as to how well first of all where the hell is Seth? secondly uh the Warriors 3 all get killed off extremely quickly, especially the first two. Like, she just walks out of that portal and just kills yeah. both of them. And- Bolstag and Fandral drop like flies. Hogan... Uh, puts up a bit of know, a fight, but still dies a bit of fight, in one scene. Which, if you're going to get rid of the Warriors 3 to kind of show how dangerous Hela is, why not make Volstag the one who's been endeared to the cast, or to the cast, <laughs> to, the, to the audience through scenes in the last one, you know, he's the guy that's always hungry, played by Ray Stevenson, which I don't even, was that him this time? I think it was. And I, and I think it was Zachary Levi playing uh, yeah. the other so, one. So basically, if, if you're Zachary Levi and you get stabbed by Hella, you just go to the Rock of Eternity and become Shazam. You become Shazam, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which I'll agree there. That that upset me as a fan of, of the comics and, and, and that just because... It's the Warriors Three, like these guys. It, just, it felt like they were just shitting away characters that people cared yeah. about from the past movies, and yeah. And then, like, so at one point, there's like a hooded figure, like sneaking up to the the Bifrost to steal yeah. the sword, and I actually thought, oh, I bet that's Sif because Sif Sif yeah. has to be around, and then she never is. It's, it's actually Heimdall, and I'm like, so Sif is never mentioned. She's never brought up. I mean, at least Jane, there's a there's one line of dialogue about her, like, her dumping Thor. She's so like, okay, that's why she's not here. He yeah, sure. Her. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like the opposite would have been better. Like I don't think we had to address Jane. Yeah. I feel like we had to address why was... Sif is not on Asgard. Yeah. Where the hell is she? What's going on? Exactly. And if she does pop yeah, up in another movie down the line, I feel like we're going to have some really awkward line of dialogue about where she yeah. was that entire time whilst Asgard was dying. Uh, just felt yeah, I wonder why she wasn't there. And almost like they just didn't write her in to the story. You know, it wasn't like they couldn't get Jamie Alexander, so they just didn't use her. But it feels like she has no. I, I, I mean, that would have been cool to have her helping uh, Heimdall. Was she busy, like, with a TV show? 
did, yeah. was she not contracted and then because she had read she was going to be killed off in one scene she was like yeah nah screw that yeah. <laughs> like what what is the, what is the thinking here I, I don't know I'm curious as to what the, the reason is um, so I, I don't know uh, yeah but uh, yeah that, that that was like a, a weird choice to me yeah but, I agree there like especially Sif because that whole the whole second movie was you know should he go off with Sif, you know, because they're going to live forever? Or does he go with Jane, who, you know, the time's limited? You know, and he makes the Jane decision, goes to Earth. Very limited, you know? as, it, as it apparently seems, since she stopped him. Yeah. Yeah. Time was extremely limited. Uh, yeah. No, I, yeah, like, like I say, like, I feel like I'm being really down on it. And I think it's because it's not so much that it's that bad, because it's not that bad. It's just really hollow. And ultimately, at this point, I've seen enough hollow Marvel movies that I'm, it's old. Like I'm bored of it now. I'm fatigued. Yeah, I, I would, I would not that I'd be upset with you because you know everyone's opinions their own. But this is kind of how you felt with Guardians too, as well. To, to an extent, like although I think I like that. That had some more merit than this one did. I think. Yeah. What, what's yeah, funny? I'll, I'll get there. Is I think coming into this year, I was excited most for this, then Guardians, and then the least for Spider Man. And the funny thing is, is Spider-Man, I think, is easily the best of the three. And then mm. I'd put Guardians and then this at the bottom. And G- Guardians has some better ideas, some better moments, especially with uh, with Rocket and uh, Yondu. Like, I like that stuff quite a bit. Yeah, it's a movie. bit more personal, yeah. I think, than, than this. Um, I, had, I had problems with the other plot, though, with the planet and, you know, uh, Star-Lord's yeah. dad. I wasn't as keen on that stuff. Um, whereas this, I feel like, yeah, it was fine and it was light and it was, like, you know, a breeze, but... I, I, I just don't emotionally connect to any of it and uh, I, I think you know I, I said on Twitter that I feel like being really happy or feel really good about a Marvel movie now for me is now the exception rather than the expectation and that feels kind of bad because I remember this felt really exciting for the first couple of years and we're now at a mm-hmm. point where like you know I didn't like Doctor Strange Civil War whilst entertaining I thought left me oh. kind of feeling lukewarm I wasn't as into it as everyone else was and I'm at this point now where this year, I like Spider-Man, and I think the reason why I like Spider-Man so much is because at its core, it was there was a story, that it was it was this coming-of-age yeah. story about him learning to grow up and learning what he's doing wrong, and it was a very right. human story, it was very personal, and you had a lot of likeable characters, and you had all these other things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was stripping away the meat and just leaving the, the, the light stuff on top, which is fine, but it, it you know, it's fast food. It's like, oh, I've, I've, I'm unfulfilled. Yeah, I had a friend of mine say that it wasn't a deep dish and a, it was a thin crust. And I was just like, yeah, but I like thin crust. So that's a bad analogy. Yeah. I, I, I like thin crust better as well. I don't like deep dish. You know what I mean? So, but, but I get what you're saying, you know, but again, you know, I just, I was able just to enjoy it as, as this plot driven. I wasn't looking for the, for these, you know, character arcs and, and whatnot. Like now that you pointed out Valkyrie, it is a little bit more problematic because, at the time, I just looked at her as a mercenary, but, you know, Look, she's she ha- not. She has this badass moment where she gets off the ship and she's put her white costume on yeah. and she's walking in slow motion yeah. and there's fireworks going off from the ship because it's it's the yeah. Grand Master's weird, you know, party guy, uh, gangbang shuttle. ship. Yeah, because yeah. they're talking the- about orgies and they're like, oh, don't touch anything. Yeah. Which we haven't even no. spoken about him. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, of course, yeah. is, you know, wonderful. How do you like him? Yeah, he's great. Like he's he's fine. Like he, he's kind of a nothing role. He's just kind of there to be this quirky bad guy to to run this gladiator ring. And he has I, some I jokes. Feel like but he was the inverse of Benicio del Toro's collector, mm. where 
he seemed a bit more sinister, but still had about as much to do as the Grandmaster. But at least Grandmaster, there was sinister to him, but he was light. And like I liked when he was on the screen because it was a gold bloom that I'm not used to seeing. You know, it was. Yeah. I guess he's not quite Doctor Malcolm, but he's that he's the Doctor Malcolm meme, where he's like, "Yeah, you know, you do it better than I do." <laughs> I can't do the noise better than that. Yeah, well, it sounds better to it, you know, not coming at me. But yeah, I thought he was fine. A bunch of other people. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> that was my best yeah. go at it. What you want from me? I've heard people complain about him too. Like he's just there's nothing to him. But again, I was fine. Like, like I, I don't have just... a, I don't have a problem with not there not being much more to him because he's he's ultimately a side character. He's not really yeah. there, be there other than kind of facilitate the plot that he's doing. Mm-hmm. The problem I have is that Thor, Valkyrie, and Hulk all are lacking their actual arcs, and Loki kind of has one. It's it's not particularly deep, but it is kind of there. Um, uh, actually, honestly, the best arc in the movie goes to Scourge, uh, Carl Urban's yep. character. And it's not even that deep, it's not that impressive, but at least on its simple premise, it's, it works. He's a bit of a seedy yeah. asshole who collects weird things yep. from different places, including from Earth, and he has Des and well, Troy. So, for, he's two, he's so, two assault know, rifles from Texas. Well, as he, as yeah. he calls it, Tex-as. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's, made, he's given the Heimdall role as the Keeper of the Bifrost, because when Loki becomes Odin, he, you know accuses Heimdall of treason because Heimdall knows what's going on. He sees all. And uh, so I just love how he's collected all of that stuff and he's trying to impress those as guardian women. He's like, yeah, look at my things. And I just thought Carl Urban just doing that. Like, that's Bones yeah, from Ka- Star Trek. You know? Ka- Ka- yeah, well, uh, yeah, he, he plays Bones. Uh, this is not him playing Bones, yeah. though, from Star Trek. is nothing like no. that character. No, I know, but that's what I mean. <laughs> it's so different than Bones. Like, I forgot it was yeah. Carl Urban. You know? uh, yeah, he 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 chooses scenery. He's very good. Uh, he's obviously he ends up working for Taylor for a little bit, and yeah. then he, he obviously he's hesitant to actually you know commit murder for her. And yeah. then as the final thing's going on, he's, he's sneaking away on the the refugee ship, and he decides that when the, the bad guys are going to get up there, he pulls out his guns and you know screams for Asgard or whatever he says, and jumps yeah. out guns blazing, uh, and goes out kind of a, a tragic hero who's redeemed himself. Like I say, yeah. he actually kind of had an arc. Like he, yeah. he, he, like had, and that's kind of the problem. He shouldn't be the one with the best arc. There should be some core yeah. thing to the story that actually is the the point of the movie. And I don't think the movie has a point really. I see. I like Thor's. You know, you're the god of thunder, not the god of hammers. Like I like that whole him losing Mjolnir was a lesson that you know he doesn't need that. That was just his focus. Yeah, as but, much as I love Mjolnir, and I is- have. What does he really yeah. learn, though? Like, what what lessons he actually? Okay, sure. You, you well, don't need you don't need the hammer, but that's not really that much yeah. of a lesson. It's just kind of no, just that, that he has this, you know, this incredible power to him that he can tap into. You know, he's, you know, and he's not Hela, whereas Hela it drove her mad, you know, because she was the sword of Asgard and all of this. You know, she was a goddess of death. You know, he he can have it and still be you know, this, I guess, good leader. Because that's what it boils down to. Now that when the spoilers is, you know, that Asgard isn't a place, it's a people. And, you know, I I really, that was, that resonated with me. But again, part of my own bias, because that's like a Viking creed. You know, Viking, you know, 
the Viking Age wasn't one specific group. It was this entire area of the world of, of the Norse, of Norway and Denmark and Sweden. And so the Vikings, you know, they didn't come from a place that was all people. And I thought that was, you know, nicely put in there. I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but, you know, I did. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's no real arc there for Thor. I think that's a problem as your main character. Uh, the, yeah, the whole thing, it's actually funny because at the end we're on this ship and they've got the rest of the people there. And he's been essentially throned as king because the old Odin's yeah. dead and the new king. Uh, yeah. It plays the main theme from the first movie, and I kind of chuckled to myself because if I hadn't watched that a few weeks ago, I would never have recognised that music. Um, mm. So I had a little chuckle because the music typically in these Marvel movies is very forgettable. I think. Yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, so, although so, here though, Danny Elfman on the synths that surprised me because was, it didn't, that, was it this didn't Elfman? Really... Yeah, it was Danny Elfman. Mark, sh- sorry, Mark Mothersbaugh, other other eighties techno guy. My bad. Danny uh, Elfman's not a techno guy though. Ooh, how did you confuse well, that? Yeah, it's Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Never mind, my mistake. Yeah, yeah. Three, what the what? They're the same in my head. One did the Rugrats theme, the other did the Simpsons theme. So, yeah. well, that's why it didn't sound like Danny Elfman. What? What? We- <laughs> yeah. Let's show you, let's people. This is how much I pay attention to scores. Because oh, I God. confuse two people that I should not have oh, ever confused. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I, read, I read Mark Mothersbaugh and thought Danny Elfman. That's how bad I am. Danny, Danny Elfman always sounds like Danny Elfman. That, that yes. is the key to Danny Elfman. That's why, I was, that's why I was surprised. Like, it was Danny Elfman since it didn't sound like him. But no, much, much more sense than it's Mothersbaugh. And I knew that. I saw oh, that in the trailer. Yeah. Or in the trailer, in the credits. So, yeah. My bad. Yeah, and so they're, they're going to Earth at the end of the movie. Because, like, oh, we'll take refuge here. Because stars, of course, yeah. become quite attached to the, the, the stupid little blue yeah. planet that is us. And, and Loki's kind of like, uh, you know, will, will they be happy with me coming back? <laughs> I mean, I can't, yeah, I can't try not. to invade the planet with an army and, you yeah. know, maybe people got killed because of me. Uh, so I like that they brought that up, at least. They addressed it. Uh, so, so we have this mid-credit scene, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're still on the ship, and then this much bigger ship on the way to Earth appears, and you assume that it's Thanos-related, right? Yeah, it has Sanctuary to be. Two um, is what it's been dubbed. And obviously, um, like in the the Infinity War trailer, which technically has not been released, but if you've seen the uh, the, the the leaked version or you've heard the description. You know that the Guardians find Thor floating in space, so I have to imagine that uh, this ship's going to end up destroying uh, this refugee ship. Yeah, it's Guardian. At the yeah. very least, Thor's going to go out to fight them and get get his ass whipped and end up in space. But um, again, he may have had his hammer in that scene, so maybe that is much later in the yeah. the, the story than I'm thinking. But um, so that's what's kind of the big thing. So, oh, big threat, next movie. And it's it was kind of like this double-edged sword of, okay, on the one side, you're kind of telling me, okay, this this story in this one wasn't really the meat and potatoes. The next movie is the meat and potatoes. But then, on the other side, like, I'm kind of worried, like, because up until now, they've not really done a great job of actually giving the movie stakes or making the villains feel like they're, in, you know, they're actually dangerous uh, or have much of a presence. And I feel <laughs> like, like you know Thanos should feel that way Thanos all this build up but I am very worried that they're going to whiff on him and he's going to be the weakest part of the movie I'm really worried yeah. about that. Uh, that that said I felt James Gunn used him fairly well in the first Guardians like you felt his presence 
you know, and dealing with Ronin and Nebula. So, but you'd need more than just presence if he's the big bad and you're having 20 plus, you know, characters fighting him, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm concerned about that uh, right mm. now, especially given that I'm currently feeling a bit down on these Marvel movies. I feel like they're, they're very yeah. formulaic. I'm feeling like they're not doing much for me anymore. Outside, I, of some I was examples. almost gonna say yeah, but the Russo brothers, you know. But you weren't that big on Civil War, so I wasn't. Maybe uh, I, I'll, I've not watched it since it came out. I'm going to rewatch that at the very least before before Civil uh, before Infinity War. Part of part of me wishes I could say that, but my wife loves it and she watches it about once a month. So I've seen bits and pieces eight or nine times well, now. That's just the weird thing. Civil War. The Not f- that I'm complaining. Up but... until Ultron, like I would go and see most of the Marvel movies multiple times at the theater. Yeah. Since since Civil War, I've not done that. Like every single one has yeah. been one and done. And you, I, and I've you, not even watched you any of Spider Man again. No. Um, and I like that one a lot, I, and I'll yeah. definitely watch that again. But like every other one, like Sp- Spider Man is the only. I mean, not the only one, but. Since Civil War, I've not even seen any of those ones again, in general. Never mind wow. at the theatre. Uh, Spider-Man I'll definitely watch again, though. I really like Spider-Man. But, uh, like, yeah. And, you know, I'll, pro- I'll watch Civil War again because I want to give it a second chance because I, I feel like I feel like I may have had a just a, an adverse reaction to certain things. Hold off, hold off till about January so you can watch it before Black Panther. You know, because it's kind of a... Yeah, uh, maybe, a, maybe. Not a prequel, but, you know... It and, leads right into it, I think. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. So because of the way I'm feeling right now, like, I, like there was a second trailer for Black Panther that I've not even, you know, went and watched yet. Oh, you didn't get it with Thor? Uh, no, I, I got Justice League, and I got a bunch... I got I got Star Wars, which made sense as well. Yeah. Because, you know, Disney. Yeah, I got, I, I got Star Wars, and then they ended it with uh, the Black Panther trailer, which I'm... Hyped on because I love that director. Uh, uh, that's uh, he the thing. Has not let me down yet. I, I like that so. director a lot. Uh, Creed was fantastic. Creed was like probably better than any of the actual Rocky movies. He, he came in and you know, you know I, no pun intended. Outside of the, but it was a knockout. The, yeah, outside of the cheesiness factor of like three and four, and that's just mainly childhood. They're not good movies. So Creed's definitely better than one and two. I would say. Oh, but, one's uh, a good movie. Yeah, but I think Creed's better. No, but you said you know? outside of three and four, they're not good movies. Oh no, no, no! I meant <laughs> no, no. What I said is outside the cheesiness. Three okay. and four aren't good movies. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. right, yeah. One I love two are. I, I love three and four for the Creed's cheesiness. I like one. Balboa yeah. was pretty good uh, for a call. So uh, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen five or Balboa. Uh, so. Well, you can yeah. you can skip five. Five, like yeah. it's basically out of continuity as well. Um, yeah. But Creed was fantastic. So, you know, Kugler is a great director. Uh, he's got a really great cast. But, you know, just because of the way Marvel is right now, I'm just not that excited. <laughs> um, uh, same with um, what's after Infinity War next year? Is it Ant-Man and Wasp? I think it's Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I hope that's good. Like, I, I like Evangeline Lilly. I hope I hope uh, that that's, that's good stuff. Um and you know, I hope I like Captain Marvel, and I hope Avengers Four is good. But I'm just, I don't know. Oh, maybe it's Captain. Mar- no, it's Captain Marvel even started production. No, no, it's, it's, it's Ant Man and Wasp next year after Infinity War, and okay. then uh, Captain Marvel. I can't remember if that's before or after Avengers Four in 2019, but either way, it's it's that year. But I know it's it's a throwback, right? Because it takes place during the 90s. I don't, I don't know if that's confirmed yet. I think that was still just the okay. the, the leaked or rumored uh, plot. Gotcha. Yeah, it's Ant-Man and Wasp in, in July. 
Oh, no, no. no. Uh, Captain Marvel in March 2019. Yeah, no, actually, I'm saying that. I think it was at, a, like, D23 or a conference of yeah. some kind where they, they said that it takes place in the 90s. No, you're right. I think that's actually confirmed now. Yeah, uh, so I thought. It's in, it says it's in pre-production, which, man, I know they have, like, a year and a half, but I think they need to get going on that one. But, so, but yeah, man, we're, what number is this? Well, this was seventeen. This was number seventeen in this 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 cinematic universe. So I under, I understand the fatigue there too because it's like I used to watch them all before a new one came out, and I just I don't have the time. You, well, you now, can now because there's sixteen movies to watch before you get yeah, to the new one. You know, and I I didn't even watch the first two Thor movies. Granted, I've seen them more than some of the other you know Marvel movies, so I didn't necessarily need to. But but yeah, I, and I understand the fatigue. I just I was really hyped on this one, and I liked it, and. You know, I, I've even been called out by friends for, you know, well, you just like it because it's Thor. And I was like, well, sure, if that's how you want to say it. Like, you know, whatever. I just, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, you, you you rock on, Matt. But I, I, like, it wasn't a terrible time by any means. Like, like I say, it's entertaining yeah. enough that it works, but it's just, it left me feeling very hollow. And because we're getting so many of these Marvel movies now, we're getting so many superhero movies. Um, like I really hope DC can up their game, and I hope Justice League doesn't suck. And even if Justice League does suck, I really hope that post Snyder we are in a better yeah. place to get better movies, and it's different from. I Marvel. definitely think Aqu- Aquaman will be the the teller on that one. I think because it was early enough, but also late enough in production that they could alter it just a little bit, you know, with James Wan, so it doesn't have to have the Snyder, you know, stink on it. Mm. But we'll see. Uh, and then Matt Reeves is Batman. I think that'll be the first, like, do or die. Because who knows what's, what's going on with Man of Steel 2 right I, I, I missed her. Just there for a second, I thought you said Matt Reeves yeah. as Batman. And I'm like, wait, I missed no, that Matt announcement. Uh, I missed that yeah. announcement, my. Um, no, no, no. Hopefully that follows through, because that's still not 100%, I don't think. Uh, it, it was as far as Apes was out, because he was taking questions about oh, what sure, Batman yeah. wanted to do. Because yeah, so, I, I, I remember, like, multiple people being up for it, and then... Like yeah. I feel like we get so many of these superhero movie like rumors and like announcements that they all start to block it's together. It's hard to at keep it point. straight. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But hey, so anyway, that that's been Thor Ragnarok. I guess we should rate the movie before we go. So, uh, yeah. what would you rate Thor Ragnarok out of ten, Matt? My, my mine's a solid eight. So I really enjoyed it. Had a good time. And as I said earlier, I'm probably going tonight if I get that phone call from a friend. So yeah. Um. Six out of ten for me. Fair. Yeah, it's Fair. not. It's not. It's not, it's, it's not a horrible time. Uh, like by any means, but like it is hollow. It is fast food, and that is all it is. Uh, and I, 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 I will be surprised if I ever feel the need to to watch it again. So, uh, I, I have too many, too, too many movies to watch, not enough time, and rewatching movies that are just kind of in the middle is kind of something that I don't do as much anymore. So. Uh, there you go. That that is that's Thor Ragnarok. So, uh, by all means, let us know in the comments below uh, what you think of the the movie. Uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV. Of course, on that front, uh, we have me and Matt do one point twenty one overload every month. Uh, yeah. The the winner of last month's vote was unfortunately Matt's pick, which was La La Land. So. That will be coming from Overload sometime this month. Uh, The vote for next month, which is up right now, it'll be there for all of November to vote for us to do in December, 
uh, is between two films. Matt's pick was That Thing You Do from the 90s, and my pick was a very kind of light-hearted, twisty-turny spy movie called uh, Charade, or Charade, depending on how you want to pronounce it, uh, starring <laughs> Cary Grant from uh, the 60s. Mm-hmm. So that that's the two picks, so patrons and $5 and up can go and vote on that uh, any time this month, uh, and the winner will be done next month. Either way, I feel that I've won, So because... It, it's not one of these atmospheric movies being held over me, so mm. I'm, hey, I'm more than keen to watch Charade, but I'm also, I think, I think Pete would really enjoy that thing you do. So There, there were suggestions in the Under the Skin comments for more things for me to pick to upset you. Oh, don't do it, guys. One was Inland Empire, which would be the most hilarious thing ever. Isn't that like four hours long? No, it's like two. Oh, okay. What one's there's one that's like that sounds like that that's like four hours. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's Southland Tales. I don't know. Oh, I've seen Southland Tales. Southland Tales is is a is an insanely stupid movie uh, that yeah. is all over the place. It, Southland Tales is someone trying to do David Lynch and being a complete yeah. mess at it. Uh, so I mean, maybe that is worth a, a discussion at some yeah. point someday. But. Um, so no, that, that, that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching movies, guys. We will see you next time. Goodbye.